the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. This is uh, Ken Yang, but uh, uh, I'm not filling in. Dave's just not in studio today, and Dave should be on the phone. So I'll let Tim uh, take the show away. (laughs) I am here, Ken. I'm uh, ready to go. As everybody knows, I've been a little under the weather the last couple of days. I got a hold of, I ate something that didn't agree with me, evidently. But uh, today is, I'm feeling a whole lot better than I did yesterday, but I still get some surprises once in a while from my body so uh, i decided i didn't want to drive in and for 35 minutes and get caught when no gas stations are open or anything so anyway uh, i am at home doing the show on the line with us is uh congressman french hill he's going to join us right out of the box today and and start off uh, here on the dave ellswick show let's talk about a couple of things first one last night gonzaga number one rated basketball team in the nation crushed UCLA at uh, in L.A. by 20. I mean, that was a huge win for Gonzaga and puts everybody on notice that they're out to win their first national championship for sure uh, this year. We'll find out if they've got what it takes as the season unwinds. Arkansas Razorbacks won last night. Uh, they were challenged by Cincinnati. And, and the Bearcats, but uh, the Razorbacks were able to hold and uh, continue on. So I wanted to get that out before we, we got any further. And it's the day before Thanksgiving, and with that in mind, let me just ask you first, Ken, what's your favorite food on Thanksgiving? Ooh, I'm like the uh, probably wrong person to ask on that just because, uh, you know, our Thanksgiving, you're living in the traditional Chinese family, our Thanksgiving is different. But, you know, I did uh, go over to people's houses, and and uh, since we never really had turkey, this is going to sound really, you know, just pedestrian, we never really had turkey at my house. So when I got to go uh-huh. to other people's houses for Thanksgiving, it was really, I really enjoyed the turkey probably most most than most people do. Okay, that that makes sense. Okay, so you know, for people who don't know, you know, your your parents were first generation, correct? Yeah, immigrants. Yeah, they're yeah they're yeah they're immigrants. Uh, uh, You know, they immigrated here in the uh, early eighties, and it's probably we we owned a Chinese restaurant for over thirty years, and it's probably the the only day uh, that we closed was Thanksgiving. So. So what was it that you guys ate on Thanksgiving? It was a whole spread of of Chinese food that my uh, my uh, dad dad would make. So, um, oh man, yeah. 
I would have come to your house. (laughs) (laughs) I love Chinese food. I I served over in Far East when I was in the military uh, for years. So, yeah, I got where, you know, you can make lumpia from from uh, you know you know the Philippines and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It I was just one of those things where like there are, there are special dishes that my dad makes, and that's like the only time he would make them was Thanksgiving. So it oh, was it wow. was pretty that's exciting. Cool. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Congressman, what's your favorite dish on Thanksgiving? You know, uh, Dave, uh, my favorite is one I can't get anybody to make because it reminds me of my grandmother and my mom, which is tomato aspic salad, which is uh, was a grandmother and mother favorite for Thanksgiving. But this generation, uh, I'm the only one in the family who wants it, so it's uh, it falls by the wayside. My, what <laughs> I haven't heard of it. What is it? Explain well, what it is. Be, you take VA juice, you mix it with gelatin, uh-huh. you put uh, black olives, a little green onion, uh, a little uh, cottage cheese in there, and you put it in the refrigerator, and you create essentially V8 jello for a salad, uh, and it's just delicious. But like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm alone in my home. I just time. Googled it, Congressman. It doesn't look delicious. <laughs> I know. I know. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, let me, let me put it to you this way, Ken. People are trying to cram down my gullet every Thanksgiving now, Brussels sprouts. And I'm not a Brussels sprouts guy. Uh, you know, I just can't, no, get with the current, I can't get with the current, the current world. All right. Well, I'm just going to tell you both, sweet potatoes with as many marshmallows as you can melt on top of them. I love it. That's what I, I love that. Man, I, you can't feed me enough of those. I eat them like crazy. And I want them, I want regular sweet potatoes. I don't want that pureed stuff that people make now. No, no, you know? no, 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 not fake. It's got to be real. Yeah, you got to be the real my, deal. My runner, runner-up dish is Gay White, our former first lady of Arkansas, Frank White's uh, widow, Gray White's green bean recipe, where she has a fantastic I don't know what magic besides bacon is in the green beans, but, man, it's something else. Green bean casserole. All right. Did she put the French onions on top of it? Uh, she does. And so, you know, this is, again, yeah. um, a flashback, good treat. Yep, I love it. I love that stuff, too. I'm good about it. I've gotten where I used to do all the cooking for Thanksgiving. Now I buy it from Kroger. It's all prepared for me. That's why I'm doing prime rib tomorrow. Uh, you get prime rib with it and it feeds uh, seven people uh, 70 bucks. So I think $10 a person is pretty, is pretty reasonable. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm laying out the spread tomorrow for my family. There'll be 15 of us here. So we'll have a good time uh, tomorrow selling, uh, celebrating Turkey day. All right. So let's, let's talk about serious stuff. Although when we talk about the Biden administration, it looks like the Keystone Cops, so it's kind of hard to take some of the stuff they do serious, except that it's really got serious consequences. Let's talk about what he's doing about energy, Congressman. The man, uh, the administration is nuts. But I, I, I want to go back with everybody to, uh, to Obama's administration, and what did he say? He said that he was going to move us away from carbon-based energy, and it was going to cause some pain when he did it. Well, now we're seeing it for sure. We're seeing it here uh, in the United States with the gas prices that we've gotten, everything that's going on. Biden is going through with it in spades. 
Yeah, I mean, he's going back on the very successful Trump policy, which was to move towards that higher, uh, uh, more successful, or I should say less carbon world, but having all of the above energy policy. So what President Trump did was reduced regulations on producing energy. We became energy independent. He helped us uh, develop the best LNG, liquefied natural gas exporting. Uh, and so we were fueling Europe and live, giving them an opportunity to not have to be dependent on Russia. We cut the trade deficit with South Korea in half, thanks to President Trump, by exporting uh, liquefied natural gas to Korea. Cleaned up their air, lowered their carbon footprint because natural gas is so much more efficient and lower carbon emitting compared to coal, which is what Korea used. We had the Keystone Pipeline start work under President Trump. We had more land being leased for oil and gas production. We had uh, better regulations for transportation of fuel. So all that was reversed when President Biden got elected. He canceled the Keystone Pipeline, hurting jobs right in Arkansas and across the Midwest. He has raised the tax in this budget reconciliation bill on natural gas. Now think about that. The cleanest, most abundant fuel that lowers our trade deficit, that fuels American homes, that helps us reach our carbon transition, and he raises taxes on it. And, you know, it's nuts. On top of the fact that natural gas prices are up 60% from last year uh, because of these bad uh, outputs, I think we're in for a, a real energy shock for people as they heat their homes this winter on top of all the other inflationary policies of the Biden administration. So Biden yesterday says, oh, I'll help you. I'm going to reduce uh, the take money, uh, take uh, fuel out of the strategic oil preserve. We'll get India to do the same thing. That's not even two days worth. It's just a ridiculous <laughs> assumption. He's calling, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia to pump more gas. We don't need Saudi Arabian energy. We have it. We need to produce it here. So here he goes and constrains supply, right? Contrains supply, contains uh, production, restrains it, taxes it, regulates it, and then blames it on demand. I mean, he's got economics <laughs> completely backwards. No, he didn't. He didn't blame it on demand. He blamed it on the oil companies that they are gouging the American consumer. That's so rich. I don't. I don't even. I can't even talk about it. It's so ridiculous. That's yeah, he, I, I mean, mean, that's what you're saying. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that uh, he pulled a stunt two days before Thanksgiving by trying to show compassion for the fact that retirees and American working families are struggling under his inflation and all those wage increases and tax decreases from President Trump are now being overwashed by the Biden inflation, where we now have real wages dropping. They were growing real wages after inflation were growing 5% per year under President Trump. Now we have a loss of real personal income at right at Thanksgiving. So it's cynical. It's dumb, bad economics. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just another area where I think, as I've said many times before, it's just economic illiteracy on the part of the administration. It, um, yeah, we're we're about to head to as usual, we do a break. We're about to head to a break. And so we'll be right back here in a couple minutes, uh, Dave and French. And uh, we'll be back in, in two minutes. We are back on the Dave Ellswick Show. This is Ken Yang. I'm in studio. Dave Ellswick's uh, uh, still live at home, and we've still got Congressman Hill on until the bottom of the hour. 
Uh, and I'll go ahead, if you don't mind, uh, Congressman. You know, you're talking about the oil reserves and, you know, one, the, the sham of only, you know, 55 or however many barrels, which is just two, about two, two and a half days. But I, I'm, I, I'm understanding that those, uh, the, the barrels that he's releasing is for times of uh, a, a national emergency or a natural disaster. Exactly. The strategic oil reserve was put in place uh, decades ago when we thought we were totally uh, at the hands of despots. We were totally dependent on imported oil from the Gulf. And we thought, what if there's a war in the Gulf? What if the Persian Gulf transit is closed? What if we have to go to war and have a several-day supply? And that's why it's called the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. We've had it for years, so we do keep it uh, stocked for emergency purposes. And so this is just, as I said, a gratuitous, cynical release that doesn't have any meaning, not even any symbolic meaning, and it'll have no real measurable, lasting impact on prices. What we need to do is cut regulations and taxes and encourage an all-the-above energy policy where we can continue to produce clean, abundant natural gas as we move into uh, a lower-carbon future in the next few decades. And Biden thinks that has to be done in the next five years. So uh, he's essentially destroying the replacement of our domestic reserves <clears throat> of oil and gas. And we're going to rue the day on that. I promise you this is going to come back to haunt the United States. Well, I, I think it's very interesting. I saw a story yesterday. Uh, get ready this winter. Just keep your home warm. I mean, we're lucky in it, in uh, Arkansas that we have lower uh, energy prices. They're saying that the cost of energy will only go up about 6%. For those people that are up on the East Coast that use uh, oil uh, yep. to, to fire up their, uh, not generators, but their, uh, their heating uh, material, they're expecting their heating bills to rise 40% this year. That's incredible. That's I mean, right. well, I'm, that's I'm, a, I'm thinking you... the, Democrat, the Democrats want to be out of business. Yeah, I mean, they want, what they they want, want it in, in fossil fuels, and by doing that, they want to tax it and regulate it out of existence now, decades before we can make the transition to, quote, a renewable source of power or even a nuclear power. And the problem is with many on the left, including AOC and the group, they're against clean nuclear energy, which lasts for hundreds of years. It's much cleaner now. There's no waste in a new reactor now. They've reduced that waste over 90%. We don't have to store it. It's much more clean, effective, lower cost. And as I say, it's baseline power for manufacturing, for heating, for cooling. Uh, And it will last for decades uh, at a fixed cost. And it's not dependent on the sun shining or the wind blowing. But they completely discount that and say we should not invest in nuclear. So we're making a lot of bad decisions right now about our energy future. I think it's going to have some really, I think, trouble in the intermediate term. Let me, let me ask this question, and Ken, you, after he answers, you can, you can follow up. Uh, Congressman, with the, the, uh, the bills that are being passed in Congress right now, they're going over to the Senate, but if they become law, can we even hope, how long would it take 
the Republicans to repair the damage if we get back in control again. Well, we could certainly make uh, some progress on oversight and regulatory side by pressing the administration if we had to. We won both the House and the Senate back. It would force uh, Joe Biden to reduce some of his regulatory burdens and things of, of that uh, nature that are costing the economy, raising costs for consumers. But on these big social spending programs, think about uh, Obamacare. We've tried to get rid of Obamacare for a decade, and we came one vote short in the Senate, and it collapsed to repeal and replace Obamacare. And in this bill that we're has gone to the Senate, it expands Obamacare. It increases the subsidies. It creates a new welfare program that you don't have to work in order to get. You literally get welfare without any work requirement, which is going to only exacerbate the labor shortage that we have. So, Dave, we'll work uh, years, maybe decades, to undo the damage that's in these bills. It's crazy. Go ahead, Ken. You get questions. No, uh, um, I, I, you know, I think that's good for for people to know because I, you know, a lot of the damage, you know, I, I talk about politics here in Arkansas when you have, you know, long rules of Democrat rules. It takes it takes years. It takes multiple sessions uh, to undo the damage that uh, liberals and progressives do. Um, I do want to talk about something with the uh, few minutes that uh, we have left because I know it's uh, important to us here in Arkansas, important to you. Um, is uh, uh, the continue uh, op- opioid uh, epidemic uh, that we have in the nation and that we have here in Arkansas with uh, drug overdose uh, deaths topping a hundred thousand uh, um, in the in a year long span. And so I know you you had talked about I remember months ago about uh, the bill that you filed to create a a grant program and just wanted you yep. to. Maybe touch upon that. Maybe uh, you know uh, where where is it at? Is it going to pass? Uh, and uh, how how can uh, uh, how can we help it pass? Yeah, appreciate that, Ken. Yeah, it was a shocking statistic last week in the face of all the misery we had in this country from COVID nineteen and from uh, the shocking increase in crime due to the Democrats wanting to defund police, uh, more murders, more mayhem. It's just it's been a tough, tough twenty four months. But the shocker last week was 100,000 Americans died to an opioid overdose. Some of those are due strictly to addiction and addiction abuse, and some are by accident, of course, but it's it's horrifying. Um, and so I've introduced legislation that educates doctors. So the grant program educates doctors on how best to use opioids for pain management. And if you get an opioid addiction for pain, long-term pain management or for post-surgical, where you just have to have opioids for a short period of time, um, these grants will help encourage uh, safe use. Secondly, it also will co-prescribe Narcan with that opioid addiction. So you can go home with something that will keep you alive if for some reason there was an accidental overdose uh, due to that long-term use of an opioid. So that's the purpose of my bill. I've introduced it with Debbie Dingell of Michigan. It's in the Energy and Commerce Committee. (laughs) We hope to move that uh, bill sometime during 2022. We're making progress on it. We were inspired by the great work by Kirk Lane, our drug czar in Arkansas, to, to write the legislation inspired. He's the inspiration for it because the Arkansas legislature has already moved on this kind of a good idea on co-prescription about 14 states have. But we all need to be aware of the dangers of opioids. And with fentanyl coming across our border, because our border is wide open, 
We interdicted enough fentanyl, enough fentanyl last year in the southwest border. Just what we caught to kill a billion people, a billion people. I mean, uh, and it is being pressed into every kind of uh, illegal, illegal narcotic on our street. So opioid risk is going up, not going down. All right. Congressman, we're out of time. Thank you so much. Happy Have Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving. You, Happy Thanksgiving. All right. Really enjoy the we'll weekend. All the best. Again. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you so much, uh, Congressman, for joining us today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's, uh, again, we'll, we'll take a break, and then we'll come back with more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So stick with us. we got news coming your way. We are back this morning on the Dave Ellswick Show. This is Ken Yang. I am in studio, and uh, Dave Ellswick uh, is uh, at home but still live with us this morning. Yeah, I'm recovering. Recovering from what I think was probably a mild uh, hit of food poisoning, to be honest with you. But I'm doing better today. I'm feeling a whole lot stronger, and that's important because i got to make chocolate chip cookies for tomorrow. So I'm going to be baking later on today. That's part of my gig uh, for Thanksgiving. Hey, Ken, let's talk about something that the congressman brought up. I I asked him the question because people think it's easy to turn what's been going on in in government around uh, when you're ready to go a different direction. You brought up the, uh, the point, look, 135 years of Democrat rule in the state of Arkansas is not changed over six years, eight years of uh, Republican rule. It's going to take a lot of time to get our state back on the the way they're supposed to go. You don't turn the Titanic around like a motorboat. And uh, it's the same way with uh, our national policies. The things that the, the Democrats are trying to pass right now, if they are successful, will have impact on us our children and our grandchildren, and that's only if the Republicans can get it back in control and and can get things taken care of. Yeah, and uh, um, you know every state legislature's process is different, and uh, in Congress, you know if you're, you know, we'll just speak strictly of Arkansas. If you know anything about how the Arkansas legislature functions, it's not similar to up in Congress. You know, thank goodness they don't hear every single bill that's filed. Uh, we'd been having to fight so many uh, bad progressive bills, uh, and so that's one of the things. And and you don't, you know, they don't vote on everything, and uh, not everything's heard. People things are sit on the calendar, um, but uh, you know, you have to get the majority. And then if you just have the majority of the House, you're only the stopgap. Uh, even if you have the majority of the Senate, it's not until um, you know we have sixty. Uh, well, since you know Republicans like to play play we we play by the rules because we you know we we honor our system unlike Democrats and uh, you need sixty to do more of uh, the stuff that we need to do and those are the things and you know I'm okay with the stopgap once uh, Republicans take back the House but we also need to learn that uh, you know Speaker Gingrich once said that uh, you know the the purse strings come from the House. And it it we haven't uh, Speaker Boehner, uh, Speaker Ryan have not used the speakership. 
to its fullest authority as Republican speakers of the House. And so one can only hope that uh, Congressman McCarthy, who looks like he'll be the next speaker of the House, will will wield those powers to the fullest extent to stop some of uh, this reckless uh, and unauthorized spending by the left. Well, I sure hope so, uh, because we, I really think the Republic cannot uh, take much more of this before we're going to see some real fissures in our economic systems and the, the life that I grew up with and the opportunity that I, that I grew up with and my friends grew up with is, is going to disappear. Yeah. Um, 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 it's, uh, you know, used to, would say it's your children and your grandchildren. I mean, we're teetering on the fact that it might be your children, your grandchildren and your great grandchildren at this point. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. Because if you look at when people talk about this, you know, build better back program that, that the president is pushing, uh, they are, they are saying that it's not just, you know, like $3 trillion or $2 trillion over 10 years, they believe we're looking at maybe as much as $10 trillion. That's an additional trillion dollars that uh, has to be, uh, you know, worked into our budget right now. Uh, you know, we get $3 trillion a year. We got to fig- we got to figure out another trillion dollars somehow. The only way to get that is through taxation and through fees and through punishing business for being successful. Yeah. Uh, you know, Senator Hyde Smith, I think she was on uh, the news recently and she called it, you know, build back broke, um, yeah. is, you know, what Very she's good. calling it. Um, and that's exactly, that's exactly what it is. And, um, you know, and even at this point, the administration's, you know, basically telling anyone that doesn't agree with them that they don't know how to do math, that they're wrong, and and uh, it's just um, and it just doesn't it doesn't make sense, uh, quite honestly. Well, you're right; it doesn't make sense. And anybody who, in all honesty, Ken, I think you'll agree with me when I say this: anybody who's done econ 101, or maybe even taken an economic class in high school, yep. understands the basic fundamental errors that this administration is making yeah yeah um but uh many people are refusing to admit it the left is i mean there's just there's no logic there's no reasoning there's no stepping back and saying uh you know this is uh this is wrong or one plus one does not equal three I mean, and that's all across the line. That's just not economics. They refuse to be factual and logical when it comes to economics. They refuse to be logical and factual when it comes to the, we'll just say, the culture war. You look at Kyle Rittenhouse and and uh, in that case and and uh, what was presented. And still people talk about, oh, uh, he shot, you know, uh, black people, which he didn't. Or, or, uh, or you know, he, he shot, he went into this group of ar- unarmed people. I mean, these are three pedophiles and, you know, the law should, no one should take the law in their own hands, but that attack someone. And yet 
the left continues to no, no. I mean, they asked uh, uh, Peter Ducey, asked Jen Psaki, is the president going to apologize? And she, uh, you know, the president's uh, 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 statement was denouncing racism and the KKK and the Proud Boys, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Well, that wasn't the question uh, Peter asked. He asked if you're going to apologize for lying about Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, but yeah. they refuse. They literally refuse uh, to be logical on almost Ev- anything and everything. Well, they push, they push their narratives and they will continue uh, to push their narratives. Facts be damned. That's just the way that, uh, they do things. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, we got We're coming up on a break right here. Well, let's go ahead and take that early and then we'll come back. Let's talk about Tlaib and this interview she had. Uh, I think it was Monday and said that, she would like to work towards closing all federal penitentiaries in 10 years. Let me repeat that. She wants to close all federal prisons within 10 years. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's uh, Dave Ellswick show here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Ken Yang is in the studio. I'm at home recovering. I will be back along with Ken here in a minute. We'll be talking to a congressman. Bruce Westerman up at 735. And tomorrow, don't miss a half hour uh, that I'm going to do with uh, Judge, uh, oh gosh, I just lost his name. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when we come back uh, and, and and tell you about a story I want to tell you about on Thanksgiving Day because I think it's a great story for Thanksgiving. That's coming up in just a moment. We are back on the Dave Ellswick Show. This is uh, Ken Yang uh, here in studio, and Dave Ellswick uh, is going to make us all chocolate chip cookies at his house is what he was telling us, I think, earlier. <laughs> no, I'm making them for my kids, uh, for my grandkids. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm doing. Anyway, what I want to talk about is it was, it's Judge Joseph Wood uh, that I'm going to be talking to later today, and then we're going to replay that interview on Friday. Oh, such a great story. Uh, at 7 o'clock. Such yeah, a great I mean, story. He was, he was literally, when he was born, somebody found him in a box. Yeah. Let me repeat that. They found him in a box, and we're going to talk about his life. It is an incredible story, and it's a perfect story for uh, the Thanksgiving holiday and about hope and, and, and things of that nature and about how great things are in this country. I can't wait to, to play that for folks uh, coming up on uh, Friday at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock, Jerry Stewart uh, is going to have one of his great specials about uh, Thanksgiving uh, for us. So we'll look forward to that uh, tomorrow on uh, Turkey Day. And I do believe, I think uh, I was told that we're going to have a special car and truck, uh, you know, truck uh, uh, guys in the to talk about Thanksgiving that shows that we've done uh, that we can play for you that you'll you'll enjoy as well. So I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Now I want to get back to current topics. Talib did an interview. I don't know who it was with. Maybe PBS. I don't. I can't remember. It was, who uh, it was a- with. Uh, Axios with, on, on uh, HBO. Yeah, on HBO. It was put, put and yeah. then HBO uh, played it this weekend. Yeah, I gotta get. I've gotta take and cut this this part out that they did with her and play it for people. I'll do it on on Monday. I'll have it for Monday. I'll I'll send it to Heidi and 
I'm not going to overburden her. She's already got a lot of stuff that she's got to get ready for the holiday, but we'll, we'll have it ready to play on Monday. She made the statement that uh, they want to close, or she, uh, in, in a bill that she has, wants to close all federal prisons in the next 10 years. All federal, and the, and the guy from Axios looked at her like she was crazy, which she is, but he looked, <laughs> I haven't seen someone from the left look at her this way. Yep. yep. I mean, there's at least some, some sanity. Yeah, he looked at her and said, you can't do that. You can't let all those people out. And he says, there's hardened criminals in there. And she started talking about all the mental illness that there is in in the uh, federal uh, system. She went off, I swear to you, it sounded like she was on acid to me. Well, and and she she even said, you know, he had said, well, you can't release everyone and she's like, well, that's not what, you know, my bill says. He said, no, it, it's right here. It says right here and pointing at the bill. And that's what it says. And, she, and then that's, you know, as you mentioned, she she pivoted back to mental illness. And he's like, no, no yep. one's disagreeing with you that there's people in jail that need help. But we're not talking about those people. We're talking about the rest of those people, the <laughs> the, 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 the pedophiles, the murderers, the jihadists. But this goes into the deeper psyche of the progressive uh, uh, left, uh, you know, they're the same. It's the same party that's now promoting the fact that we shouldn't call pedophiles pedophiles anymore because it's hurtful yep. to their feelings. Yep. Well, so, how about this? If we if we let the, the bad criminals out of jail, all right, uh, and, and we just let them go free, what's to keep them from driving down your your city's uh, Christmas parade and and running over and killing uh, you know six people and wounding fifty of them like they allowed this guy to do in in Wisconsin he was out on a thousand dollar bond after he tried to run over uh, his uh, child's mother with the same car that he ran over people with just the other day yep. and do you did you hear about his rap sheet did you hear how long it was. 50 pages. He's got a 50-page rap sheet. What is he doing out free? It's crazy. This is this is insanity. This and, is insanity. And, oh. and, and there, there are a lot, as you know, in, in the Fed, federal pen, there are a lot more dangerous people than the guy that did that in Wisconsin and uh, Tlaib, and I think uh, uh, Ayanna Presley is a co-sponsor of this, um, and, uh, you know, it, it's unheard of that you would want to release every single person in the federal pen out into society within the next decade. That's what they want to do. It's what they want to do. And here's why it happened. I was just reading a story this morning. Media says that it's wrong to call looters looters because it makes uh, people uh, of color and urban dwellers, it stigmatizes them. So they want to call it smashing grabs. Hey, look, I don't care what you want to call it, all right, to be honest with you, except that people have to know that it's wrong. <laughs> you can't do this stuff and just get away. They. They were in front of, was it Macy's? 
that they broke into in San Francisco, mm. and they were walking out with hundreds of thousands of dollars in merchandise. The police were parked out on the street in front of the store, and they couldn't do anything. They yeah. were told to stand down. It's what is wrong with our country, folks? Um. The, the the law aspect is supposed to be a deterrent, and uh, when you soften it, there's a reason why it's no longer a deterrent, and uh, it only you know you just read read a couple books and you'll you'll figure that out, a couple history books and you'll figure that out. Uh, but you know, I, I I've, man, I, I'm trying to think of nice words to say. I don't care about criminals uh emotions i don't care about how they feel i don't care about the people that molest their children that murder their uh spouses that murder people in their lives i don't give a rat's a about how they feel internally and the left it's just so disgusting that you know the right's supposed to be condemning so much stuff and I don't see the left condemning anything. They they like they have people promoting pedophiles, promoting looting, you know, promoting just god awful, disgusting things. And this is the same party, the same Hollywood crowd that uh, that talks about the Me Too movement and women empowerment and all that stuff. And 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 now they're refusing to stand up to these idiotic policies, these idiotic. Uh, uh, pronouns and these idiotic, uh, 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 you know, oh, oh, it's going to hurt the feelings of that child molester. That's just amazing to me. I, I've always said that sooner or later they would get to the point of of trying to say what a child molester did wasn't all that bad because if we are born the way supposedly that uh, that we're going to act completely, uh, then you can't find fault in a child molester because he's just doing what he was born to do. So you can't, you can't punish them for it. They can't help themselves. I'm just telling you that you're going to hear that more and more, uh, in our society. And by the way, there is something that they will say is wrong. (laughs) Self-defense. You're not allowed to, you're, you're not allowed to protect yourself. You're supposed to lie down and let the mob beat you to death. Yeah, well, I mean, just think about that concept. Just think if you have children, just think if someone came into your house and was, you know, I'm not trying to be graphic, but was sexually molesting your child, you cannot self-defend your child or even yourself. No, no, can't do that. I mean, I, they're not trying to kill them. They're not trying to, they're not trying to, I, I hear them say the, the bizarrest things anymore, and nobody pushes back on it. No, the media nobody. and the media p- continues to protect them. The, these liberal media anchors and and uh, you know after the Rittenhouse thing, oh the performance he gave, and I'm like you're you're supposed to be reporting about the uh, 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 trial, not not making uh, comments about all this stuff, and and you got all these. I don't know if your, your listeners follow Libs on TikTok, which is just absolutely hilarious. Uh, you should follow them, but 
um, th- th- literally so many private colleges, universities, even high schools uh, are sending out emails saying, hey, we have this space, safe space or safe meeting or whatever for you to decompress because of the terrible uh, ruling uh, in the Rittenhouse case. I mean, my goodness, um, uh, you know, I don't know what, you know, my I don't know what breed of 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 men and women we're we're trying to raise uh, nowadays. Yeah, it's scary. I'm just and it's scary. By the way, there's I forget who the company was, but they had a sale on something, and they charged fourteen dollars and ninety two cents, fourteen ninety two. Okay, well we all know what fourteen ninety two. That's when Columbus sailed the ocean blue. All right, but. Uh, Evidently, they came out with a full-page ad, and they apologized for pricing their product at fourteen dollars and ninety-two cents oh, because they didn't they didn't want to upset indigenous people. Well, I mean, they're going after Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, there are videos right now up on social media saying that we need to do away with Thanksgiving. And yeah, I, I mean, these people go read a history book. Go find out what really Thanksgiving uh, is about, about the harvest time and and uh, prior to Native Americans and and all those things. Um, you okay. know, they they need to they need to read that the the settlers, the Pilgrims, were helped by the Native Americans, and the settlers, the Pilgrims, helped the Native Americans. They it was a symbiotic thing. They worked together to survive some brutal winters. Listen, let's take our break. We'll come back. We've got more to talk about right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Ken Yang is in uh, in the studio uh, for me, and things are going well here on the Dave Ellswick Show. on the Dave Ellswick show. This is Ken Yang, Dave Ellswick's uh, at home uh, recuperating. Uh, we'll have uh, Congressman Bruce Westerman here at the bottom of the hour at 735. Um, <clears throat> but I wanted to, you know, continue, I don't know if it was continue uh, my rant, but continue my rant on how the liberal media 
just you know they don't report things right uh and uh, you know the, another victim of the uh christmas parade massacre in wisconsin uh, a child you know uh, died i believe yesterday and uh um you know the left has really backpedaled uh into you know, this has nothing to do with the Rittenhouse case. Uh, you know, at, at some point they were saying the guy was being chased by police officers, which now has been debunked because he was zigzagging through the crowd trying to injure as many people as possible. Uh, uh, as, uh, I think over 47 people are injured. And then, you know, I can't remember, it was eight, six, eight, somewhere in that range that have now died. And, uh, my goodness, if you, if you search, uh, uh if you just Google, uh, they won't even put his picture, uh, uh, when they report about it. If you look at the left, left wing mainstream media, they won't put his picture up. Why? Let me tell you why. Because he's a black man. Uh, if this was a white man that had done this at a BLM uh, uh, protest or, or or something, and this was even a protest, it was a Christmas parade, but as something, my goodness, they'd have they'd have this guy's face all over the place. But not this guy, not this guy, because he's black, doesn't fit their narrative, and uh, uh, you know it's the consistent thing. And you know it's uh, I'm ranting because you you flip through the news in the morning and that's the first thing you see and then you flip again and you see you know liberals you know trying to tell you that if you participate in thanksgiving you're participating in a a holiday that celebrates genocide i mean they're they're literally you know usually i'm nice but they're usually these left pundits uh, news organizations these anchors are just are just flat out idiots uh, uh, and they need to go read a book, you know, for the longest time, liberals and Democrats had often told us that the Republican party is the party where people, you know, aren't learned they don't go to college. There's these, uh, uh, you know, the silent majority, these, uh, people out in the country. Well, you know what? Apparently, the people out in the country understand history. They've been taught history. They they read the books. They understand that history is an all-encompassing thing, and you can't just focus on on uh, on one thing. And uh, uh, you know, my goodness. And anyways, who 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 in the world wants a vegan option uh, for thanks uh, Thanksgiving, anyways? But uh, you know, they, they, anything that they don't like, it's a murder. Plunder, hate, genocide is what they're calling Thanksgiving. And, you know, they've already come after uh, Christmas. And thankfully, we had President Trump who said Merry Christmas every every uh, every time he could. And I do, too. You know, when I go to the store and people say Happy Holidays, I retort Merry Christmas. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of how it should be, in, in in my opinion. And so well, I would agree. Yeah. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Ken. I mean. There's there's been so many things that have been slowly uh, uh, changed uh, in our nation. I'm not going to say that there's not anything that shouldn't be changed. I'm just saying you just cannot change the underlying fundamentals of a nation and expect us to still have the same nation, the same republic that that you have. I mean, I get tired of people saying our democracy. It's mm. not a pure democracy it's a republic we didn't we didn't want to be ruled by the the 50 plus one we wanted to have where we elected 
representatives and they went up and and pondered different types of legislation and then came back and talked to the electorate to make sure that they agreed with it before they decided to go ahead and uh, make it into law and things of that nature. That's the difference between a republic and a democracy. Uh, You want a true democracy? Take a look at what happened in France uh, when they had, you know, Bastille Day. And uh, talk to, you know, take a look at their history and how many people went to the guillotine during that time or firing squad or were hung uh, just because they did not agree with whatever the political uh, wind was at that particular time. That's right. I mean, they're uh, the, the tolerant left, only tolerant if you believe what they believe in. And I mean, I'm just like, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about uh, Thanksgiving and then, you know, that that goes in line with inflation. And I'm looking at NBC was giving tips yesterday on how to deal with inflation. And one of the things they had on the bullet point is consider not buying a turkey. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe what you should buy is, uh, what are those little chickens? Uh, oh, those Cornish hens. Yeah. <laughs> buy yourself a Cornish hen for your family. It's in. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that would do it. You know, I, uh, it's, yeah, we, we, we live in strange times. Uh, oh, uh, I mean, I'm thinking yeah. about, I'm, I'm thinking about changing my, my, uh, uh, intro music from what I have right now with ACDC to the doors and people are strange. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't understand people as much as I used to. I mean, if you want to be, uh, you know, a, a, a person doesn't eat meat, I don't care. If you want to be vegan, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me at all. Uh, if you want to extol the virtues of it, that's all right. But don't call me an, an animal murderer because I don't do that. Now, I know some people are vegan because it's a health-related thing or vegetarian because it's a health-related thing. But for some people, it's a moral thing that they say, and they look at you at times and think that you're a a murderer because you take the life of a turkey. And uh, I don't don't see it that way. I don't think the Bible sees it that way, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's my final... My final truth is the Bible. That's right. You know, God gave us everything. You know, we make clothes out of out of animals and, and all uh, all kinds of things. There were animals that were sacrificed. Uh, I just think that uh, people sometimes get easily misled. That's right. <laughs> and they're, and they're, and God made them very tasty. Yeah, they are. They are tasty. <laughs> You know, people people eating tasty animals. Absolutely, that's, that's exactly what we are. I mean, look, I don't I don't consume meat at every meal. I was talking to somebody. Uh, what was it yesterday? Maybe it was yesterday. Uh, no, Monday. It was Monday, and they they told me that if everybody didn't, let's say, went just went one day a week without you know, a meatless, a meatless, uh, uh, meal, uh, there'd be lots of food for other people in third world nations to eat. And I can understand that if you extrapolate it out, I can understand that it makes some logical sense. Well, I don't eat meat all the time, but it's not because I think it's wrong to eat meat. 
it's or that I'm not trying to change the food chain. I just I just understand that sometimes I want something besides meat. Yeah. Oh. And my dad wasn't that way. And dinner time at the Ellswick household was meat and potatoes. And I'll tell you why it was that way. Because he grew up during the, the Great Depression, and having meat was a, a special deal. So he thought that he was being special to his family by feeding us meat at every meal. Mm. I mean, that's, that's why, it was, why it was the way that it was done in, in my household. But, uh, you know, we don't eat meat all the time here. You know, every every once in a while, I eat a cheese pizza. What can I say? Mm. You know, there's all kinds of stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's it's. I'm with you. The left will not bother you as long as you walk lockstep with them. And, I mean, you have yeah. to walk exactly. You have to talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. You got to live the life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you got to sign your name with the uh, pronouns now. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm, I've been thinking about, you know, signing my name, Dave Ellswick. He, I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It seems, it seems stupid to me. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. It's, they do that. Do you know they do that in the military now? Oh. They require you to identify your pronouns. The media does. Uh, the military does. Think about it. We've got a country called China that is looking to destroy us, and we're worried about our military men and women using the proper pronouns. Yeah. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Well, hi, just tell, yeah. well, hi just tell me we're uh, going to come up on a break here, so uh, we'll be uh, right back on the Dave Ellswick Show. We are back on the Dave Ellswick Show. This is Ken Yang in studio and Dave Ellswick uh, in the comfort of his home. Yeah, I'm sitting in my living room in my recliner right now doing the show. That's exactly right. <laughs> 20 minutes after 7, don't forget it's bottom of the hour. Bill O'Reilly is coming our way right here at uh, 101.1 FM, uh, the, uh, the answer. By the way, did you hear the story about D.C.? Their 200th homicide yesterday it's the highest uh since 2003 and they can't figure out why they're having so much crime in washington dc well let's go back to last year and what did the city council in washington dc do they cut 118 million dollars from the police budget you think there might have been a correlation there they don't think so. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. They can't. Fi- they can't figure it out. And you, they can't. Fi- it's right. It's as clear as the nose on their face, but they can't figure it out. That's a lefty for you. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I'll be honest. They want uh, uh, pu- pu- public safety buildings or whatever they they call it instead of actual uh, uh, police officers. Um, oh yeah, I'm sure. It's- they want to have uh, public safety buildings where they've got social workers to help you uh, be able to deal with your crime instead of having police stations and policemen to try to stop crime. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I, you know, I was reading the story, and they said they're they're going to the mayor, and said they're going to have a federal uh, uh, 
a partnership with federal law enforcement. So in, instead of uh, uh, dealing with their own law enforcement, uh, they're going to look to the to the feds for for help, and uh, they'll provide uh, cash rewards to tipsters uh, who give information on gun related crimes. Well, how how about uh, some of these cities now that are paying criminals not to go out and shoot somebody? Mm. I mean, how how do you prove that? Somebody walks in and said, you know, I thought about shooting my neighbor today, but I didn't. Oh, oh, that's great. Here's two hundred dollars. Think how ridiculous that is. Yeah, it's but, just ridiculous. It's what they. But Ken, that's a true story. That's yeah. a true story. Yeah, we're, we're actually yeah. doing that stuff. Uh, it's uh, um, yeah. I mean, it. It. it, it, it I'm. I'm literally speechless because I just, um, you know, we've gotten to the point where, uh, you know, there's no consequences uh, for your bad nope. actions as long as you, uh, as you mentioned before the break, as long as you run lockstep with the left, you know, they'll shrug their shoulders and give you a pass. Yep. And just always remember, there's no reason to use force if it's only private property that's being destroyed. Keep that in mind. If a gang comes by and decides to burn your house down, you have no right to go out and to, you know, defend your property. Hmm. I mean, that, those are the kind of thoughts yeah. that are not only coming out of the left in general, but the left in academia. They're teaching your children this in high schools now and in college. But you continue to send your kids to public schools to allow them to be mm-hmm. propagandized the way that they're being being taught. It's crazy. Well. I hope those same people don't come, not even my house. I know my neighbors. I hope they don't come to my house or my neighbor's home because ain't no one letting them burn anything down in my neighborhood. I can tell you that. (laughs) Well, that's good. I'm glad to to hear that. I mean, when you go back and look at the Rittenhouse uh, situation, that was all brought on by a guy who got got killed uh, in Kenosha during the night of the riots. And he had a weapon, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, of the, the riots in Kenosha where they were burning the car dealerships down. They were burning businesses down. They were attacking people in the streets and, and, and with all the accoutrements that go along with all of this. And the police were told by the mayor and by the governor to stand down. The governor refused to send in the National Guard. He refused to accept President Trump's offer for assistance. He let his city, almost uh, that city, burn to the ground. Yep. Incredible. Yep. Yep. That's, uh, um, I mean, it, w- it wasn't until the, the governor uh, intervened here in Little Rock before anyone did anything the mayor didn't do anything the secretary of state didn't do anything when they marched onto the capitol i mean you know i know we criticize uh, the mayor uh, the the governor a lot but thankfully he called in the national guard when the blm people were were, were protesting uh, here in little rock yeah when they were 
when they were graffitiing up the Capitol. Oh, and the, and the mayor marched with them. Let's not forget that. He marched yeah. with them. Well, he led them there. He, he's going to have an interesting uh, next year when he goes up against Steve Landers. That's going to be a very interesting race uh, in, in Little Rock. I mean that's going to be that's going to be a fun one to to watch and to follow and to have them both on. I've had I've had Steve Landers on before. I'll, I'll see if I can finally get the mayor of Little Rock to come in and sit down and talk with. Him. Oh man, I don't know. Huh? Well, I don't know. If Frank will will come, but uh, um, that'd be interesting if he if he did. Um, I well, mean, he, I'll, I will make the offer to him like I do every other yeah. politician. I'll ask Mayor Scott to join me in the studio and to talk about uh, what's going on. I mean, his, his police uh, chiefs and police, you know, Little Rock police's solution uh, uh, for crime is just as bad as D.C.'s police's solution to combat crime. Um, and uh, for Mayor Scott's nowhere to be seen when literally every other day someone's getting shot in the city of Little Rock. Yeah, yeah, we're back into banging in the rock times again. Yeah. We really, really are. It's a, I, I know people now, again, I'm hearing it from them again. When I first got here uh, to Little Rock in 2000, I heard it, and then it, it kind of faded out, uh, and people were complaining about, I don't go to Little Rock because it's too crime-ridden, and then it kind of faded out, and Chief Stewart had things kind of under control and things, mm-hmm. and then it went that, that, that kind of protection went away by the police forces, and now they're saying it again. People won't go down to Little Rock. I'm going to be honest. I didn't go to the state fair because uh, the bottom line is there's a lot of crime in and around the state fair. Yeah. I don't go to it. I mean, crime, crimes are being committed in broad daylight. I mean, that's when you know it's bad. Yeah, yeah. When they're not worried about being caught in any way, uh, shape, or form. Well, let me tell people what's coming up here, Ken, and then we'll, we'll get to the bottom of the hour here from Bill O'Reilly. Then we'll welcome uh, Congressman Bruce Westerman in a minute. Congressman Westerman will be with us at 735. Ken Yang is in the studio. I'm at home. I'm recovering what I think is from a mild uh, case of food poisoning or, I don't know, Norville virus or something like that. But it's not been pretty, and it's not been, it's not been uh, very entertaining, to be honest with you. But uh, we've got some great things coming up for you for the rest of the week. Of course, I will be off, and so will Heidi, uh, tomorrow and Friday to celebrate Thanksgiving with our families. We hope that you will celebrate with yours and have a great Thanksgiving uh, feast at your home and a good time uh, sharing love and affection with your families. Uh, We will, uh, uh, tomorrow on the show, we'll have a special uh, from uh, uh, Stuart, uh, on Thanksgiving, I will have a special show on Friday dealing with Judge uh, Joseph Wood and about his life. He's got a great story. you got to hear it. Time now for Bill O'Reilly. We are back on the Dave Ellswick Show. This is Ken Yang, day before uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, Dave Ellswick is at home recuperating, and we are just waiting on uh, Congressman Westerman to come in, and we'll we'll get him on here shortly. Yeah, we got quite a few things I want to talk to him about. Uh, did you hear this new policy that the president has put into effect? If you're coming from Mexico or Canada, let's say you're a truck driver, 
you must be uh, vaccinated for COVID-19. However, if you want to break into our country illegally, Mm. uh, vaccinations are not required. Well, since Congressman Westerman just came on, good morning, Congressman. Uh, I'll let Congressman Westerman address that. Yeah, yeah good morning. Hear that? Yeah, I heard that, and I was I was reading an article about that early this morning. I kept scanning it, thinking, now where's the part about uh, illegals crossing the border that are unvaccinated? And uh, like you said, it was it was not in the article. I was. Yeah, this administration just never ceases to amaze me that they they actually put something out uh, talking about people crossing the border um, and having to be vaccinated and just are tone deaf about the thousands and thousands of people that are coming across unvaccinated every day illegally. Um, And I think they're shipping them across the country. We've still not been able to. get confirmation on that but i know when i was down there when i flew out of the mcallen airport there were lots of people holding um, uh, manila envelopes that said uh, you know help me find my gate i can't speak english and uh, you know the the biden administration has been pretty tight-lipped about what they're actually doing with people well yeah they have been and the other thing they're tight-lipped about uh, congressman they don't want to deal with it and that is this uh, whole thing that they're talking about paying, uh, you know, illegal families that have come across and they were split up from their children. And somehow the American government, the American people are responsible for paying, uh, you know, some kind of supplement to them uh, for that happening. Let's understand they're coming to this country illegally. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't get it. Yeah, um, you know, it makes about as much sense as I'm talking about wanting to turn everybody out of prison. Like, the, it, it's so ridiculous, the things they come up with. You, you hear it, and I'm like, how does anybody with a half a lick of sense come up with anything remotely like that? Um, and, and to think uh, we've got to push back against this crazy stuff. Um, you know, I, I don't mind having policy debates on issues where there's, you know, there's two sides of a story and I want to do it one way and somebody else wants to do it another way. But this stuff is just from outer space. Do you, they, uh, do you ever, do you mind. ever bump into her or talk to her? Uh, which yeah. one? Tlaib. Tlaib. Yeah. yeah Tlaib's actually on the natural resources committee. Uh, but oh, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the hearings remotely, so I'll only see her on uh, on Zoom. She doesn't come to the the committee room for the hearings. But when we're in the majority next year, um, that'll be uh, there will be no more remote hearings. There'll be no more remote voting. The metal detectors around the House chamber will go bye bye. Except we, if Pelosi stays around, we may leave one there for her to go through since she hasn't gone through them any. <laughs> Uh, since she put them up, you know, she puts them up and walks around the metal detectors. Uh, but oh I, don't gosh. To, I don't expect her to come back. Yeah, um, I, I think. Well, she's she's grooming her daughter to take her place. Yeah, um, <laughs> she's gonna be like yeah, yeah, she's, she's she's starting a Dingle family in San Francisco. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I. Um, I probably should stay away from that since I don't know her daughter, but uh, it's, um, 
it's it, it, I, I, I hesitate to say it couldn't be any worse, but it would be hard to be to be worse. Um, yeah, I agree. She's just, just blatantly doing what's best for uh, Nancy Pelosi and the heck with, with the rest of the world right now. I think she's always been like that, but, um, I mean, she tried to put $250 million in the uh, the BBB, as I like to call it now, the uh, Build Back, um, it's not Build Back Better, it's Build Back Beijing. Is the is the closest thing I can think of for it, but <clears throat> she had two hundred and fifty million dollar line item in there for um, Presidio Park, which is a a luxury park in her neighborhood out in in California. Hmm. And uh, if you if you buy a house next to Presidio Park, the the cheapest one we could find on the market was twenty five million, and you can pay over fifty million for one. Um, but um, you know they had it rough in the pandemic, and they need two hundred fifty million dollar uh, bailout. And and you know we we raised such a stink over that they finally took that out. I think unless they hit it somewhere else in the bill. But you know twenty four hundred page bill that um, they put the last version out about two hours before we were supposed to vote on it. Um, and now Kevin McCarthy spoke all night long about it. So we had a little oh, bit of time to read it, but who who knows what's actually in it? I I have to ask you, Congressman. Uh, it's, I thought I read in an article, uh, and I think it was even in the New York Times. And yes, I do still read that lefty rag. But the, they made a mention in there that the way they cut the cost of the BBB is a lot of these programs that they want to start, like universal pre-K and all of the rest, is they only talked about them from a one-year perspective, and we know they're going to cost more than that than just one year. I mean, they want these programs to be, you know, eternal. Yeah, they did every uh, hoodoo shell game they could play to try to get the score as best they could. So they would they would authorize a program for – three years and then then cut it and then authorize it back later because um, they're, they're working on a 10-year budget window. So mm-hmm. they were they were playing every shell game possible to make it look better on paper, but their main objective is just to get these new programs out there uh, and then force a Congress two or three or six years from now to say, no, we're not going to fund this anymore. Um but it's that bill is so bad. It's it's as bad as their ideas on vaccinations and uh, and paying illegals are preposterous. Uh, it, it is the the culmination of idiot philosophy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what they they got plenty of idiot philosophy. There's no doubt about it. I mean, let's just go back to Talib for a moment. He actually said in an interview. Uh, with Axios, that uh, she wants to close every federal penitentiary down in the next 10 years. They're going to let, let everybody go. I, I would think even the most nut job lefty would understand that you can't do that. Um, like I said, Dave, you can't make it up. You can't. Um, 
it, it's almost like they can't come up with anything too too crazy. Um, I mean, who if if somebody put that in a list of ten things that a uh, leftist is going to say, um, I I probably wouldn't have ranked it in the top five, but. Uh, here she's on, you know, out there saying this is what we need to do to close down federal prisons and turn everybody loose. It's um, it's nuts. That's why it's so yeah, important it, it that is. we win back the majority yeah. next year. Um, they can still talk about crazy stuff when they're in the minority, like they were doing um, uh, before, like they did when when Trump was president. And I don't think people believe them. I think people believe all oh, their they're just crazy, and now you've got it all codified in a bill, um, this massive spending bill that passed the House last week. Uh, that's that's a lot of that crazy talk set into law. So, um, you know, people ask me, what are you going to do when you're in the majority? Well, the, the first thing is there's not going to be any crazy bills. Uh, you, you'd be naive to think you can go in and push a conservative agenda with Biden and the White House, and maybe if you get the, uh, a big majority in the Senate, you can push an agenda, but you can certainly stop the crazy stuff. Right. The real nuts stuff, you know, going on, like $10 trillion over 10 years, an extra trillion dollars a year. We spent, what, about $3 trillion on the budget uh, annually. So now what we're looking at is they want to add another trillion dollars to that. The only way you pay for that is through taxation fees and regulatory fines and things of that nature, correct? Yeah, and I think they're just thinking we won't pay for it. Um, they've they've got in this fantasy land where they think we can just make, uh, make the money up, pull it out of thin air, and it's not going to matter. <clears throat> All you got to do, you know, it's like the person that, that – uh, maxes out their credit cards every month. Um, well, you know, as long as you're paying the, the interest on the credit card, then, then life's okay if we go down that philosophy. And I think they're thinking that, you know, we just open up more credit cards and keep paying the interest and, and everything will be fine. But we're seeing what's happening with inflation. Uh, there's too much money in an economy that's, that's red hot and, People are trying to spend money on goods and services that aren't available, so it's driving the price of those things up, devaluing the money that we have. Um, you know, people, uh, I've, I've noticed um, one of my money market accounts is doing really well this year, and then I think, well, discount that for inflation because uh, it's it's growing, but the value of that money is being uh, decreased as well because of inflation. Yeah, and people need to know those things. They need to keep them in consideration. If you have an 8% growth in your 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 401k, but inflation is at 10%, you're 2% in the hole. Yeah, well, right. <clears throat> we'll continue on that uh, when we come back, uh, uh, Congressman. And just, just never, ne- the list never shortens when it comes to the progressive list. Uh, we'll be back on the Dave Ellswick Show in here in a couple minutes. We are back on the Dave Ellswick Show, the last segment. This is Ken Yang uh, here in the studio. Dave Ellswick uh, is uh, at the Comforter's home. I don't know where Congressman Westerman is, but I do. Before we go into the serious stuff again, we asked Congressman uh, 
Hill uh, what his favorite uh, Thanksgiving Day food was, and it was some weird tomato aspic thing that looked absolutely awful. Um, uh, and I'm never going to let him live that down. I looked it up. Gosh, it, it just looks awful. But anyways, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food, uh, Congressman? Well, it was. It's that's easy. It's my mom's cornbread dressing, and you can just put that on my plate, and I could I could make a meal out of it. It's uh, I won't I won't talk about how many calories are in it, but it is uh, like manna from heaven. It's it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> and we have a you know we have a kind of a blowout on Thanksgiving with uh, family and food and all that. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, we. Uh, um, usually meet at my mom and dad's house and my brothers and their kids and there's grandkids there now and it's a it's a big crew but there's way more food than uh, than all of us could eat because my my mom's got the she's always had this great cornbread dressing and even my kids will uh, sometimes ask her to make it for them so they can take it take it back with them when it's not even Thanksgiving. Uh, but you, know, you take that along with the, the turkey and all the trimmings and then uh, all the pies and, and goodies, it's um, it's a good afternoon for a nap after Thanksgiving lunch. Absolutely. You get to watch, get to watch uh, football through your eyelids, right? Yeah, it's uh, it doesn't take much football to get my eyelids closed on, on the afternoon after Thanksgiving <laughs> uh, dinner. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I did want to ask you one more serious question before we let you go. And by the way, I hope you and your family have a fantastic Thanksgiving day. It's, it's, it is the quintessential uh, American holiday. It's our holiday for remembering to be thankful for the great nation that we have. But uh, we talked a little bit about uh, energy uh, with uh, Congressman Hill. I want to talk to you about it as well. And because of your committee, you're, you're, you spend some time looking at natural resources and things of that nature. For people this, this winter, to keep the homes uh, warm, it's going to cost more money. I mean, electricity is the cheapest form, and it's still going to be up 6%. I saw where heating oil is going to be 40% more this uh, winter than it was last winter. Uh, these are punishing times for the average American, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and these energy prices, they affect everyone in every way, and we see it directly with our home heating and cooling and lighting bills. We see it when we put fuel in our gas tanks. But every item that goes uh, into the shelves of the store is transported there, and if the trucker trucker has to pay more for fuel, that's going to re- be reflected in those prices. Food prices increase. Um, you know, we think we don't often, uh, I think, give as much consideration as needed to how much natural gas it takes to make the nitrogen fertilizer to grow the crops around this country. So if you see an increase mm-hmm. in prices in natural gas, uh, you just increased a, a huge input cost to growing food. So it affects every uh, form and phase of our life when we see increased energy prices. And this administration took something that if they had just left it alone, um, it would have been 10 times better off than it is now. Uh, you know, we were energy independent. We were a net exporter of energy. 
And here we are now, um, not only creating a, a short-term uh, crisis with inflation and the cost of, of energy, but creating damage in the long term because they're sending the signal to uh, investors in American energy that you're not welcome here. So I may have, I think I told you I was down in the Gulf. Our committee has jurisdiction over all the onshore and offshore energy production on federal lands. And uh, I've been out on these big, uh, deep drilling rigs before. Uh, they're amazing technology, but I saw about a dozen of those anchored in shallow water. Uh, which those those things are massive capital investments, and when they're sitting anchored in shallow water, um, that tells you that uh, within a year or two years from now, it's going to be worse than it is now because we're not developing uh, these new uh, new plays, and and we're not uh, replacing the energy that's being depleted uh, out of these existing wells. So, as we're becoming more and more dependent on um, foreign energy sources, uh, we're seeing countries like Russia and others benefiting from these, um, um, from our bad policy decisions. Yeah. Ken, I'll let you have the last few moments with the congressman. Go ahead. No, uh, um, you know, uh, you, you're talking about energy, and we briefly talked about, you know, one, the solution on the left for an inflation, and, you know, is to not buy a turkey. And so I guess their solution during the winter is to just not turn on your heat um, to deal with inflation. Yeah, like, like Jimmy Carter said, put on a coat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, I wanted to, to hear your comments because you 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 deal with this type of stuff with uh, you know President Biden using uh, uh, you know uh, his powers to do fifty million uh, barrels, which you know lasts about two days, um, but the public doesn't know that. Uh, and um, you know your thought your thoughts on his uh, what he thinks is a solution to the high gas prices. Yeah, well, I need to go back and reread the the paragraph about the purpose of a strategic uh, petroleum reserve. It's to address uh, natural disasters and crises and and wars, not self-inflicted crises and disasters like this administration has done. And they're just going to make things worse. And you know that another thing, President Trump actually filled up the the strategic petroleum reserves. Um, when he was president, he made that decision. So they're they're t- topped off right now, and Biden sees that as an opportunity to uh, uh, do a little short term reduction in in gasoline prices, which is again what this administration and Democrats are masters at are putting band aids on the wounds. Uh, but it's done nothing to solve the underlying problem. Yep. I agree. You know, they put hey hey Ken. They put a little. They put one of those little tiny band aids for your finger on arterial bleeding. Doesn't do much. <laughs> yep. Yep. It um, doesn't do much. Well, I wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. I hope you uh, eat too much yeah. food and have a good time with your family. Yes, sir. Happy Thanksgiving, Congressman. Don't worry about that, Congressman. I'll make I'll make sure I eat too much food. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. That was Congressman Bruce Westerman from uh, 
the 4th District. We appreciate his time each Wednesday here on the Dave Elswick Show. And, Ken, I, I appreciate you. You came in, sat down in the in the big seat in, for the Starship Enterprise and did a great job today. Thank you very much. And uh, hopefully next Wednesday I'll be sitting in the studio across from you instead of sitting here at home staying close to uh, uh, the indoor laboratory. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. All right, everybody. Everyone want everybody else to have a happy Thanksgiving as well. I will not be live uh, on Thursday or Friday. I'll be back with you on Monday. Heidi's taking the time off as well. We'll celebrate Thanksgiving with our families, and we want you to celebrate with your friends and your family as well. Later. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.